Paint pros know what you don't paint is just as important as what you do paint. So the Home Depot has bulk pricing on a full assortment of 3M painters, tapes, and paint essentials. Everything you need, every day. Like 3M hand masker film and scotch painters tape. For the cleanest results on every paint job, 3M and the Home Depot have got you covered. With bulk price savings on 3M paint essentials, every day, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only. At Dominion, one in five new hires is a U.S. veteran, and when they're away, they miss out on a lot. But they won't miss out on financial support because Dominion covers any difference between their military pay and their Dominion salary and continues benefits for veterans and their families for up to five years. We're proud to have been named a Best for Vets employer by Military Times Magazine seven years in a row. Dominion, depend on us for more than energy. Blog Talk Radio. Tanya Moore. We're here with Real Perspectives. Today's show is It's My Money, and we're going to be talking about financial pitfalls in relationships. Now, in this episode, we have a very special guest, certified public accountant, Safir Malik, with the Jones Accounting Group in Montgomery, Alabama. Now, Safir is going to talk with us about financial areas that couples and singles need to address when they're looking to marry or cohabitate. And so Safir is also going to share with us some real-world experience and examples on the impact that financial decisions have in our overall quality of life. Safir, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Tony, for having me uh, on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to discuss just some real-life issues that sometimes people tend to overlook uh, when they're thinking about making marital decisions uh, in their life. So just glad to be here. Awesome. Now, you have an interesting niche because in, in addition to the numerous other things that, that you do in this space, you also do what's called premarital financial counseling. So talk with us about that. Um, basically, premarital financial counseling. Well, let me explain how, how I actually started doing this. Um, one of my pastoral clients, uh, I did a seminar at his church uh just about regular financial issues and credit issues. And once I got through with the seminar, he kind of pulled me to the side and asked would I be interested in talking to some of the engaged couples that he's uh, actually doing premarital counseling for um, to be sure that they are compatible in all areas so so that they could have a successful marriage. And so I kind of was like, well, you know, I'm not a minister. I'm not qualified to counsel people, you know, when it comes to, you know, making a marital decision. He said, I understand that, but you're very qualified when it comes to helping people make financial decisions. And so we initially started out with roughly about two couples, and now I just kind of – 
integrated that into my practice to where now I have these partnerships with several churches uh, in Montgomery where I actually um, provide that service to a lot of the couples. And then I provide my recommendation to the pastor whether or not I feel that that uh, couple is compatible enough, you know, to be married, you know, based off my uh, assessment of, of how they feel about their finances. And I've been doing this roughly now, probably going on probably about four years now. Wow, that's really awesome. So I, I have to ask because I know that our listeners are, are dying to, to ask this question, so I'll ask it for them. So what happens, let's say, for example, there there's a couple and your recommendation is that they're not compatible when it comes down to financial issues. Is there a process at that point? Like, do they come with you to to have some coaching? What happens at, at that point after you give that recommendation to the respective pastor? Once I give that recommendation, um, most of them will come back to me for financial coaching. But I'm very particular about who comes back to me. Because sometimes people will come back to you because they just have want to serve their own agenda Let's get it over with so we can get married. And if I detect that, then I won't even go through with the uh, with the follow-up. And I let that pastor know. And most of the time, that pastor would not marry them in his church or he would not even perform the ceremony. And I, and I like the pastors that I deal with because they are so serious about this, you know, that they do take what I say, you know, and really consider it you know, as far as for them going on to proceed to marry these people because it's just too much, you know, too many divorces going on, you know, in the church in regard to people not being compatible financially. The ones who do come back to me, I, we go through some, go through sessions. Sometimes sessions may be five sessions, maybe ten sessions. It may be maybe 20 sessions. And it's just a matter of just coaching them on the basics the basis of finances, you know, the importance of paying your bills on time, the importance of, you know, sitting down and talking to your mate about making major purchases, you know, what, how many accounts that you guys should have together, you know, who should oversee the money. Because a lot of people have a, a kind of a fantasy-like mindset when it comes to finances. And that tend to be their downfall whenever they start to cohabitate and especially start to commingle in funds. So I try to handle everything from all aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I was I was going to say when the I, I know that, that certainly people that, that I know, a big issue, like you said, is who's going to sort of handle the finances or who's going to be responsible for making financial decisions or, I mean, you know, I guess commandeering the, the bank account, how, however you want to look at it, have you seen that particular point be be a major issue, or what are some major issues that you face? The major issues that I face, it's several. Um, the major one is basically how each individual view money, and let me give, let me give you a couple examples. Uh, I have a couple now that I'm talking to. The young man believes that when a bill comes in the house, you pay it. He said that's the way he was brought up. That's the way he was raised. The bill comes in the house, you pay it. The young lady has the mindset of you put something on it. If the bill is $100, she want to pay $40. 
And she said that's the way that she was brought up and that's the way that she was raised. So now you're dealing with two different type mindsets that have been ingrained in two individuals from different backgrounds. And the challenge is trying to get the one that may be deficient in that area to understand the reasoning why they should submit to the other person's way of thinking in regard to that particular area. And to the common person, it would seem like, you know, it's just common sense. You want to go with the person that, you know, that believe in paying the bills. But a lot of people don't have that mindset. So the challenge comes from getting someone to, to change their mindset and to, and, and to get them to uproot those false beliefs that they have in regards to paying their bills responsibly. And I, I'm still working with them, so I haven't—I don't have an update on them yet. But <laughs> it, 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 it's challenging. Um, also, another challenge is uh, you have people that may feel like just because I make the most money, I should be the one that managed the money. And a lot of times that's not the case. You know, you may make the most money, but you may not be the better person to manage the money. And I've seen it on both sides, whether it's the guy or whether it's the uh, or, or whether it's the woman. And so, trying to get them to basically, you know, to understand that yes, you may bring in the majority of the money, but your spouse or your future spouse is better at handling the money. It doesn't insult, especially men. I'm really talking to the men now, especially with with men. It doesn't insult your manhood for you to say that. My spouse is better than me when it comes to handling money. Matter of fact, it shows that you are a man of wisdom when you do that. A lot of times, especially with men, it's our ego. I make the most money, and no woman is going to tell me how to handle the money in the house. And I think that's just a, a bad concept that we as men have grown up to believe because we think it's a form of weakness or it may insult our manhood, but really it shows just how wise that we are to allow our spouse to manage the money, especially if they're better at it. You know, it's just a lot of false concepts that, you know, you're trying to get people to understand and get people to kind of uproot those false beliefs that they have. So how do you, and, and, and I, I understand 100%, uh, about that. So how do you, like, let's say that that's the situation that you just mentioned. So you have one person who they bring in the majority of the money. They feel that they can, that they should be the ones managing it for that reason. You believe that they're not in the best position to manage it for whatever reason. What would you do or recommend in that particular situation for the couple to resolve that issue? Here's, here's what I recommend. And I tell, you know, I tell both of them, I say, hey, in this case, the guy, I say, hey, you know, you're correct. You know, you do make the most money, you know. However, she is better at managing the money. So wouldn't it be better and more wise for you to say, hey, I make the money. I'm smart enough. I'm a smart man to where I can actually let my wife manage this and I don't have to worry about trying to manage it and trying to make it and trying to do that. When I can rightfully submit that to my wife, it doesn't insult my manhood, you know. And I tell the woman, you know, just because he may submit this to you 
doesn't mean that you have the right to disrespect him or make him feel any kind of way. I said, so what you do, even though that you may be handling it, you still come to him and say, hey, baby, this is what we made. This is what you, you brought in. What do you think about this? I said, as long as you include him into any, any and all the decision-making process and let him know what's going on, you would not have a problem with him. I said, because you're not insulting his manhood. You're still bringing him in. You're not making him feel any kind of way because you're handling um, a major uh, responsibility of the home. And, you know, the guy's pretty much, you know, sat back like no one ever explained it to me like that. You know, right. just showing just mutual respect. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it, it's interesting because what I was thinking when you when you were speaking on that particular point it sounds like, a lot of it sounds like culture, but a lot of it, you know, on some level sound like control issues. But I was going to ask exactly. you, have, have you noticed, though, that there that there's any type of common element where these types of thoughts come from as far as I make the most money so I should be in control of how the money is spent and how the finances are handled? Yes, especially within our culture, uh, African-Americans, um, most of our women do tend to make more money than than the men. Most of our women are more highly educated. Uh, they're more promotable. They, they get the bigger positions. Most of the guys, you know, maybe blue-collar, not to say that we don't have some, you know, guys out there making good money, but for our community in particular, is mainly our women. And so a lot of times, it is used as a controlling mechanism where I've seen it with women where they use it to insult the man's manhood. I make more money than you so you don't have no say-so. Or I've seen it with men where they use it as a way of what I call leading with their money, um, where they may have a woman that may not make as much as much as he makes, and he's more so leading with his money in a sense of, I'm going to put you in a place where you're dependent upon me, and if you don't do what I say, I'll take away, you know, my money. And that's that's a bad place to be also. But it's mainly just a, a control mechanism that we have to break in order uh, for us to be successful, you know, in our, in our marriages. Um, and one thing, I don't get biblical with people, but I do tell them, especially, you know, coming from the church and especially, you know, with, with women, that, your blessings of your household comes through your husband. So whether he's making $10 a day and you're making a million dollars a day, you still do the honor and respect that man. And, as, and for that man, I, I tell them, hey, you know, if you mistreat this woman and if you're using something that God has blessed you with the ability to make a great income and you're using it as a control mechanism, uh, please know that you would not be blessed at all for doing this. And so I try and to, you know, even though I, it, it, it's financial, but I still try to put in those biblical principles also. Right, and and that's actually an area I was going to ask about because I know, you know, of course, some people believe that, you know, the Bible is archaic, that it, it it's no longer applicable these days because it was written in an era and during a time where women were not considered on any level uh, 
equivalent to men. You know, there were some, I mean, and we could go on and on and on about about those things, but I know that in in the context of how what we're talking about with the premarital financial counseling, a lot of referrals, you certainly get those from pastors, so these are people that are looking at it from a religious standpoint. How does this work, or if you've tested it with people that are just literally coming for counseling that are that are not a part of yes. any type of you know re- religious uh religious group yes, yes, and even though they you know there are some that are not part of any type of religious group there there are some things that are just basic when you're dealing with relationships with men and women uh men we want to be respected. That's that's the main thing. We want to be respected. Women, women want to be loved. So I, I still, you know, input those two elements, even even though they may not have no type of religious background or anything like that. And even with just the respect thing, common simple scenario. The question I get is, how many bank accounts should we have? And I always make the recommendation, you know, hey, you should have one for, you know, the bills, and then you have a spending account. Now, the wife may have a spending account of X amount of dollars, and the husband may have a spending account of X amount of dollars. Both of their names are on each other account. That shows, number one, that I don't have anything to hide. Number two, it shows that, hey, you know, I trust you enough to have your name on my account. And number three, it also says that if something goes wrong, you got access to this account because your name is on it. And when it comes to making those purchases for the home or whatever, it feels good, whether it's a man or a woman. If you guys are considering a major purchase, let me call my wife or let me call my husband to see whether or not this is okay because this is a household account, and I can't just be making a, a purchase without consulting the other person. You still show them mutual respect, regardless of any religious affiliation or anything, you know. And you also showing that hey, I care about our financial future, so I'm not going to make impulse purchases without consulting the other person. And and that I know. We, you know, of course, we hear all the time about the car that the husband bought or the fur coat, yes. you know, that the wife bought. And a lot of times, I know at least I've heard people say, well, that's out of my spending account. You know, never mind that it's $20,000 or whatever that amount is. So are you saying that even in the discretionary spending account, there should still be that conversation between the husband and, and the wife? What I'm saying is whatever that, like, uh, let me just use myself for personal example, me me, uh, me and my wife. Um, we have our household account, and we each have a discretionary account. And each person is allotted $500 a month. That means she can go and get whatever she wants. You know, if it's up to $500, that, that, that's it. She don't have to consult me. Whatever she want to get. And that's why I tell couples, you have to set your own limits with that because you don't want to have to call your, your mate every time, I see a pair of shoes I want to get, you know, is it okay? If you got your own account, your discretionary account, then you can go ahead and do that because you know that it's not going to be a problem. 
um, and whatever your limit is for that account, then that's that, that's what you spend. Now, once that limit has been re- reached for the month, that's it. That's, it's no going into the household account to do this or whatever. That that is it. And we've been using that method since since we've been married, and it hasn't created you know any problems. If it's you know I may not spend as much as she may spend, so a lot of times I have stuff rolled over from the from the previous month. But um, you know most of the time I just take and put it back in the household account anyway. But anyway, that's a different story. But whatever <laughs> limit this couple set for themselves, you know that's that's based up to their discretion, based on their you know financial you know situation. Um, because you just don't want a situation where you have to call your your, your spouse every time you want to, you know, get something, especially if it's, you know, something thirty or forty dollars. You know, hey, you know, you got your own account. Go ahead and get it. Right, right, and and that certainly sounds like a like a great method. So in in that scenario, like you mentioned, where you have the discretionary account, you know, certainly I think it's an awesome idea that once you spend your discretionary money, you know, you can't dip into the household money to go and do those fun things that that you want to do. But what do you think about a situation like you mentioned where the husband may not spend as much of as much as the wife? Would you recommend having a higher limit for one versus the other or do you think it should be the same? I think it should be the same. Uh unless there are just you know, situations, unusual situations that may come up. Um, but I just really think it should be the same. That way no persons feel like where you got more to do, you know, you have a higher limit than me, and that's unfair. You know, so I just okay. think it's in all fairness, you know, it should be at the same limit. Um, you know, and a lot of times, like it just depends on each person's, you know, situation. I don't spend that much. I know with my wife, you know, she has to buy a lot of uniforms and stuff like that, you know. So if it's a situation and it just comes to just being, you know, a, a good man, if I know that she needs something or she has an event coming up and she's going to be standing before all these high-ranking officials, hey, I know I didn't spend as much. You need to get this done. Huh, here you go. And to me, it just makes for a great partnership. Even though she may have spent her limit, I'm still going to give her some of mine, especially if she needs it, so to speak. But it just depends on the dynamics of the relationship of those individuals also. Okay, okay. And that and that makes sense. And the reason I was asking really was for that, that very reason, that you may have one who their needs are different in terms of, or, or yeah. their interests are different. So they may have a, a pet project that they like to do that just costs a little more. So that that's really why exactly. I was, why I was asking that question. Because I think you're right. It makes a lot of sense to it it's certainly out of fairness to have the same amount of money. However, let me ask you this though. So let's say all things being equal, what you just mentioned I think brings up an interesting point. How do you help couples resolve an issue where in that scenario, let's say for example, and we'll just use you and your wife because that's the example you use that let's yes. say she spent her uh, her discretionary funds, and then she does have to come and get something that she needs, right? And we're not talking about you guys, but let's say that that scenario comes up, and so you have a couple that you're coaching where the husband says, 
well, you should have thought about that before you spent your $500. I don't care what you have to do. And, and now, not that he wants the money. It's just that he just doesn't feel like he should do it. So what would you do in that scenario? What advice would you give? It depends on what the actual need is. Uh, in my wife's situation, it was actually for um, some stuff for, for her job. And so me, you know, being a husband, of course I want her to, you know, be top, be the top-notch soldier that is. That, that That's just me. And so in my <laughs> wisdom, I know, I mean, you, know that's just, you know, that's just me. So I know that my wife is not going to come to me about something, number one, if she don't really need it. I know that. So me knowing that and she's coming to me, then I'm looking at the fact that, well, you know, she could have went to the household account to get this for a job, but she's bringing it to me. So as a man, I'm looking at the situation, and I want the best for my wife, and it's not something foolish, then I'm going to go ahead, huh, baby, here you go. Because at the okay. end of the day, when she steps outside, you know, especially if something for her job or professional related, when she steps outside, she represents me. And I'm not going to have anyone saying that Miss Malik stepped out looking crazy. What's going on with her <laughs> husband? Why is he allowing her to do that? Because you know, you know, our folks, we do that. <laughs> but I think it just depends, depends on the guy. She wants to go to the casino, and and you know, because she just spent her money at the casino. Now she want to get some of my money to go to the go to the casino. Not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying for for my household, that is not going to work. So okay. Now, you just said something very interesting. You said if she goes to the casino and now she wants to get some of my money. Now, now mm-hmm. my my money, my money, you know, you know I was going to pick up on that. So, my yeah, money yeah. sounds mm-hmm. more like more like ownership than partnership. So, are you saying that the discretionary money is 100% solely at the discretion of the person who has that particular you know, that particular amount, let's say the $500, just because we were talking yes. about that amount. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you said something else very very interesting. You said as long as it's not something crazy. So who who really makes that decision? Because if the person is saying, you know, this is what I need, this is what I, I really, you know, I want to do this, and, and this is why. And so to them, it's something that's very important. What if it's something that is important to the person who's asking, but the spouse doesn't feel that is as important, how would you work with them to resolve that issue? And this actually comes up a lot, and this is what I tell couples. You all have to sit down and decide what is important to you. I do what I call, I have everybody get get these little notebooks from the Dollar Tree. Call, only cost a dollar composition notebook. And I, and I have them to write down their expectations when it comes to their mate and, and finances. And when they do that, I have them to swap books. And I have them to go through each one, stating whether or not they can deal with it or whether they can't deal with it. And it may seem elementary, but it really does help because that gives a mindset for each person to understand where the other person is coming from. So if you know that you go out here and you, uh, how can I, I know a lot of guys, they they go ahead and they like video games. 
Well, if you know going going forward, if you know already that your wife view view that as something that's being childish or whatever, you may not want to go to her to tell her that you spent your money and you want her to give give you money to buy a video game. Right. And I think when couples know each other, when they know each other, they can make that decision, well, no, this is foolish right here. I'm not going to deal with this. And sometimes it does get a little harsh, but I I do it because I really want folks to be truly compatible and to truly have the same mindset when it comes to finances. Not to say that Mm -hmm. everyone is going to be the same, um, but you want it to where it's a mutual respect. I like to read. My spouse, she really don't really care to read a lot. Not for real, but she you know, she will. So me knowing that, you know, and she knowing that, okay, well, my husband's not out here. He's not going to the casino. He's not going to the strip club. If he see a book that he wants and he has spent his money, huh, baby, here you go. I know you like to read. But she, we already discussed that prior to setting up these accounts, though. Right, and and that that's what I was going to ask next. You know, are there some things that you that you suggest that couples do to prepare for financial counseling? Yes, and this is going to sound a little crazy what I'm about to say, and I don't want to offend no one if I do, if I do, but it is what it is. I have them. I say, hey, you need to get naked with each other, just like the same way you get naked to have sex. When we're talking about this money, y'all need to get naked with each other and be truly honest and brutally honest about your expectations of finances and how y'all think about finances because that is going to determine which direction the counseling actually goes in. And it's hard to get people to be brutally honest about their finances uh, in regards to their mate because they don't want to hurt their mate's feelings. But then you marry this person, and you mad because you already knew they was bad with money, and now they can't change or they don't want to change because they say you married me knowing I was like this. So I have them to truly write down and get naked with each other, be brutally honest with each other, you know, and that's the only way that you're going to get through. It's so amazing. I, I ask a couple, hey, how much does he make? I don't know. How much does she make? I don't know. It ain't his business how much I made. It ain't her business how much I made. But y'all talking about getting married for real? You don't wow. Know wow, wow, wow. I mean, there, there, I mean, there are so many issues. I mean, and we definitely, Sophia, we're going to have you back because I, I want to dig into some of these different points that, that have come out tonight, and certainly thank you for being on the show. How can our listeners keep in contact with you? Uh, well, you know, I can always be reached uh, via phone um, or, you know, via email. Um, I can be reached by phone, area code 334-517-1029. That's my office number. I can also be reached on my cell, area code um, 205-873-3835. Um, you can always email me at Malik031 at Hotmail.com. I have a couple more out there, but these are the only ones I know by heart. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, e- e- either way, you-, you can get me. You can get me. Awesome. Or Thank me you so much. Or me and my you know, just come by and see me. 
Right, right, right there in the in the great city of of Montgomery, Alabama, for sure. So thank you so much, Sophia, for being on the show. As usual, you know your counsel is is right on time and and straight to the point, straight no chaser. I I love it. I appreciate it. Well, guys, this you know how to get in touch with him if you have a financial question, whether it's about relationship or otherwise. Please reach out to him. He's giving you his information. Until next time, I'm your host, Latanya Moore, with Real Perspectives, where we seek real issues with real people, real solutions from real perspectives. you don't go to geico.com car insurance can seem intense like breakup r&b intense i thought you said you love the sweater that i got you if you didn't you could have told me geico makes it easy just go to geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama i even had a gift When I listen to Audible, I'm not cooking dinner for one. I'm on horseback, galloping across the Scottish moors towards my one true love. There, through the mist, I see my beloved, kilt flapping in the breeze. The fibers of his shirt struggle against his bulging muscles as he takes me from my horse and... My frittata! Go to audible.com slash start trial and your first download is free. Audible. Stories that surround you. Paint pros know what you don't paint is just as important as what you do paint. So the Home Depot has bulk pricing on a full assortment of 3M painters, tapes, and paint essentials. Everything you need, every day. Like 3M hand masker film and scotch painters tape. For the cleanest results on every paint job, 3M and the Home Depot have got you covered. With bulk price savings on 3M paint essentials, every day, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only. Say Metro by T-Mobile, got the best deal in wireless, and it's all for you, all for me. Just switch quickly, because Metro has two lines for 80, and two Samsung Galaxy J7 Star phones for free, plus Amazon Prime included. That's the way wireless should be, only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. $50 plus rate plan required. Not valid for numbers currently on T-Mobile Network or on Metro in past 90 days. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions.